Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your breath come from heaven. Fill our hearts with your life. We are here for you. We are here for you. are open, nothing here is hidden, you are our one desire, you alone are holy, only you are worthy, God, let your fire fall down, let our shout be your anthem. Your renown fill the sky. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your word move in power. Let what's dead come to life. We are here for you. We are here for you. To you our hearts are open, nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy, only you are worthy, God. Let your fire fall down. are open, nothing here is hidden, you are our one desire, you alone are holy, only you are worthy, God, let your fire fall down, let it fall, let it fall. Lord, 
to you. To you our hearts are open, nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy, only you are worthy, God. Let your fire fall down. You, our hearts are open, nothing here is hidden, you are our one desire. You alone are holy, only you are worthy, God, let your fire fall down. Father God, we thank you this morning. Thank you for welcoming us into the family. Thank you for making a way for us to come back to you. I thank you that we get to worship you, Lord. We get to worship a king, the king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. We praise you, Father God, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. That your name, every knee would bow and tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord, and we thank you. We praise you, Father. Just, just take a moment. Just, just lift up praise. Just, just praise, Father God, for who He is.
Just think of the things. We're going to sing this next part. You're never going to let us down. You're never going to let me down. Just declare that over yourself. Just remind your spirit of the truth of who God is. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You are good, good.
thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I hear tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Well, I've seen many searching for answers, far and wide. Only you provide because you know just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. I am your good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to Father, it's who you are, 
to fear I am a child of God I am surrounded by the arms of the Father I am surrounded by songs of for adopting us. Thank you, Lord. We are Thank you for adopting us. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let us sing our freedom.
spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me so so kind to me Shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. No wall, you won't kick down. Lie, you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall, you won't. Kick down, lie, you won't tear down, coming after me.
or exceptions. He loves us. Oh, how 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 he loves us. Oh, how
Spirit, we ask that you administer that truth to all of us this morning in a deeper way. Especially as we as we take communion this morning, Lord. Just release a, fle- a fresh declaration, a, a revelation of your love for us, God. Just release a fresh, de- a fresh revelation of it, Lord. Just open our minds, uh, open our hearts more than anything, Lord, to, to see your love poured out for us in Jesus. singing a little bit earlier uh, concerning the fact that we're no longer slaves to fear and as I was praying and just worshiping I just sensed that uh, Lord just remove all the fear from our hearts and our lives just if there's any fear there Lord that you would remove it any anxiety any depression any despair anything Lord that's weighing us down today that you just remove that and um if that's you this morning, that spoke to you this morning, if that's something that's been heavy on your life, you're, you're, you're sensing anxiety, I'm dealing with things, or, 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 or feeling down, um, downcast, um, you're, you're feeling that weight, that heaviness, uh, could we just, could we just um, reach our hands to the heavens this morning and just, and just invite the Spirit of God to come and to, to say, Lord, here I am. You've promised that those who come to you who are weary and heavy laden, that you would give rest. We're your children, Lord, and we thank you today for your great love for us as we've been singing. You love us. You love us so. And you're a good, good Father. And you are good. And we receive that goodness. You are righteous. You are holy. You are above all. You are the creator of all things. You are almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing. There's nothing our God cannot do. And so we just ask this morning that, that you would just take all anxiety, all fear, all heaviness away right now in the name of Jesus. And that, Lord, you would replace it with the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And may it guard, set a guard over our hearts and our minds today, knowing who we are because we have sang this morning a true that we see that we are children of God. We are children of God. We, that's who we are. That's our identity. We are in Christ. We are in Christ. We are sons and daughters of God. We're not, we're not coming in as servants in, in, the, in the household. We, are, we, we have a robe that he's placed upon us. There's a ring on our finger. There's sandals on our feet. We have been, we have been reinstated into the family. And we thank you for the inheritance, the entire inheritance that we have of every blessing in the heavenly realms you have vested us with because we are yours. We are children, sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's who we are. And I pray this morning that we would understand that you have chosen us. You've adopted us. You have chosen 
from the very foundation, before the foundations of the world was placed, you chose us, and we are in you today. And so, Lord, may your power come and just do a work right now in each and every heart and every life in this church. And may we walk in the freedom and the deliverance that you bring. And may the freedom and deliverance that you bring flow into this community. In Jesus' name, may Vegarville know, may they know that God is good, that there is a good, good Father, that you, that you love them so much because you, you, you've, we've encountered you and we can't contain it. We can't contain what you have done for us. And that the love of God would be so powerful in our lives that it would just flow. That we, we want to reach out to those who don't know you. In Jesus' name, may we be, may that be a mark of this church in Jesus' name. That we would walk in our identity. But not just for ourselves. That we would invite others to experience who you truly are. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, how you love us. That he loves us. Can we sing that? Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how. Just lift our voice. He loves us. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. thank you, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. We lift our lives afresh to you this morning. And we just ask God that you would have your, have your way today in this, in this meeting. We submit it to your leadership today. And we thank you for everyone that is here. We thank you for those who might be with us this morning that are, this might be their first time or maybe it's their first time in a long time. But Lord, we just thank you for each one that is here today. We just pray you continue to minister to our hearts and our lives, each family, from the youngest to the oldest today. Lord, just have your way. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen to that. Can we be in agreement? Thank you, worship team. Just They continue to do a great job every single Sunday, wouldn't you say? Amen. 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 Do a great job every Sunday. We're blessed. We're blessed. Well, welcome this morning to Maple Street. And uh, I don't know about you this morning, but uh, I'm really excited about what God's been doing in our midst here. Anybody else say that there's been really some good, th- good things happening here in our midst? Anybody agree with that? Anybody say, yeah, God's been working here. The Holy Spirit's been really doing some amazing things. And uh, I just so appreciated um, the opportunity for, for, for Jim and Angie Holtham to be with us on Friday night and to share uh, simplicity and sonship. And just to put, like he said, it was kind of interesting. He put a little blurb on Facebook, if it's okay to share that, Jim, that he was just coming to put a little bit of wood on a fire that was already burning. I kind of like that, yeah, because uh, it was just great to, uh, and I'm only reporting what I saw, and I don't know if anybody else can add to it or not, but just 
But just what I knew on Friday night, that there was uh, at least three people that were healed. And, um, and, so, and others were ministered to. I know after, you know, and it, and it lingered on, you know. And uh, I'm not sure, did it go to midnight? Who knows? I'm not sure. We, we, we uh, took a couple of our littlest ones home to get them into bed. But uh, it was just fantastic to see um, people being healed. And the and, and cool thing was this as well. It was that uh, it wasn't just Jim and Angie praying for people. This is about recognizing that uh, God has enabled us to be able to do uh, some pretty cool things, wouldn't you say? Uh, it's, in the, it's in the scripture. We're going to touch on that a little bit this morning as we, as we move along. But welcome this morning to Maple Street. So glad that you're here. If this is your first time ever or first time in a long time, uh, we are so glad that you're with us to worship with us. And, uh, and, um, and not only that, but we're just trusting that you, you're already sensing uh, the Lord's presence here as we've been worshiping and just adoring him and, and loving him and appreciating all who God is to each and every one of us. How many are glad that you know him today? That you know him, that he's your father? And if you don't know him, I want you to know you're missing out on something that's so vital to your life. Uh, there's no greater thing than to know who made you, to know that he's created you with a plan and purpose in view, and that there's an old, uh, I shouldn't say old, but there's a country gospel song that I would sing sometimes. Yeah, I kind of got that in the background, but um, it would say something like, you know, uh, I was built for glory, I was made to last. And I want you to know that if you don't know Jesus today, that he made you to last, amen? He's built you for glory so that one day your feet can walk golden streets, amen? There's something beyond this world, something beyond this life that we look toward. But we're thankful that we can know him in the here and the now, and that he's still at work in our lives, and he's still at work in this church, and he's still at work in places where we may not even recognize, because the Spirit of God is everywhere. Amen? Do we agree with that this morning? Hallelujah. Well, if you have your bulletin this morning, I wanted to bring a few announcements, of course, uh, beyond the welcome today. But uh, just wanted to mention uh, a couple of things, maybe more than two. One of the things is we're really excited about what's happening in amongst our, uh, our children's ministry here at uh, Maple Street Worship Center. We, we, we do have a, a heart to, to reach the young and to be able to share uh, God's word with them at a level that they can understand and, and experience God in, in, in the way that the Lord would choose to work in in their lives. We're really excited about that. And we're, we're seeing traction. We're seeing momentum. And so I just wanted to share that God is doing a great work in that area as, as well. And I just want to keep in mind, keeping it in view that um, if the Lord so lays it on your heart, because I know that there's always needs, amen? There's always need for involvement. And um, if that is something that is on your heart, uh, don't hold that back. We, we, we do want to be able to, because I know we're, we're seeing some, some uh, new kids and things, and we're seeing uh, the, some other needs that we want to be able to address. And, and so we're just excited about that, the positive things that are happening. And uh, we want to be able to see that, that go forward. I, I don't know about you, but my, my, when, I, when I think of our children's uh, ministry, I think of, 
I think of uh, it helping to lay a foundation for a strong uh, ministry to youth, teenagers, amen? And uh, because how many understand that it's going to be the next, the next generation of, of, you know, the next generation of church leaders, the next generation of, of children's leaders, the next generation of youth pastors, the next generation of missionaries are being trained and developed right now in the local church. Amen? And some of them, you know, they grow up to be 12 and 13, all, all many, many wise years of 13, and they get to go to camps, and they get to go to conventions. And there's sometimes that God will do amazing things in the camps and the conventions. Some young guy can be there just because he has an eye on a young girl that he likes. And he goes to convention and that's what he's thinking about. But how many understand that God can break through that and grab a hold of the attention of that young person, whether it be a young guy or a girl, and, and put a calling upon their heart that is just the Holy Spirit just chases them down and they cannot help but to answer that call. And how many know that many young people have, have recognized that the Lord's hand is upon them and they've done so at conventions and camps. Of course, we're coming into summer, and we have a camp that our kids are going to, veteran camp. And I'm excited about that because I heard wonderful reports that the Lord does wonderful things at veteran camp. What an incredible investment that we're making by being able to send them to the camp. Because we just don't know what God will do in their lives. And so pray into that as well. But if the Lord is speaking to you this morning about involvement, uh, please don't hold that back. We, we do need some help in those different areas because in order to go higher, we need to go broader, right? The, 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 the broader your leadership base is, the higher you can build. And so I just want to put that out there this morning. Also coming up this month, you'll notice uh, just a, a change in the date. Concerning Mission Sunday. Mission Sunday is returning. So it says right there, check your bulletin for more information. So as you're looking at your bulletin as I am this morning, you'll notice that there's a date where it says Sunday, June 24th, Shiloh Youth Ranch. Please make a correction there. They are actually coming on the 10th. That's next week. We're going to have Vern Johnson's going to be here. And uh, how many understand this morning we want to be, be a church that's, that's, that's uh, reaching in, in, into other areas and contributing through, through prayers and finances. And uh, so we have an opportunity next week to bless a very vital ministry in, in, the, in, in the region as it's a ministry that is um, reaching into troubled young people's lives. A lot of hurting, a lot of broken. And uh, just doing an amazing work there. I've, I've heard Vern's uh, story, some of the stories that he shares. And God just does amazing things through that ministry. And so he's going to be with us next week. And he's going to share. And we're going to have an opportunity to, to give into the work that is there sowing in that. How many know that when we sow generously, we reap God? We reap generously. Amen. We sow sparingly. You, you, you can't get much out of your garden if you don't put many seeds in. Would you agree with that? But if you reach in deep and you reach in and you get a good handful and you scatter the seed into the soil that is good, you're going to get something out of that. Amen? So we want to be those who reach in deep because we want to build the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Excited about that. 
Also, of, of course, um, we also note that baptism, uh, you'll notice an announcement there. Anyone received Jesus as Savior, not been baptized in water, please let me know if you're interested. I think so far we got about four people. You can send me off an email. Email's right there, steve at maplest.ca. That's the simplest email I have. Um, I have another one that's really too long. So just, if, you're in, if, that's, if that's something that is on your heart, let me know. I, I just find if you get an email and it's in print, you just, I just remember it a little bit better than even when someone tells me. So if you've already told me, it's okay to, to send it again, just as a reminder. Uh, so I will put your name down, and we're going to move on that as, as, as quickly as we can. And um, also, coming up on Thursday, June the 21st, 7 o'clock, uh, we're going to be having our annual meeting. It's going to be covering just reports only. Uh, there is a notice on the bulletin board and also a list of uh, for our membership roster at this point. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, uh, the council at a later date, hopefully uh, not too, too late. So just to let you know some of those things, I don't think I missed too much, have I? I covered it off pretty good. Of course, last week we were having such a great time, and usually that happens to me when we're having a really great time, it's so easy to forget the offering, which I have not forgotten this morning. But I do want to put in this, is that... As I, just to reiterate that, that how many know this morning, it, it's, uh, this is all about building the kingdom of God. Amen? I just want to remind us that as believers in Jesus, as those who've been, who've been uh, we, we switch kingdoms, you know that? We've switched, switched citizenship, right? Our citizenship is, is in heaven. And that's, the, and that's who we represent, Amen? But how many know that we want to take as many people on that trip as we possibly can? Amen? Because I don't know about you, but I read a little bit at the end of the book, and it looks good to me. It looks good. It looks exciting. A new heaven and a new earth. No more pain or sorrow, crying or death or mourning. For the former things have passed away, and he says, I make, behold, I make all things new. We have a hope, folks, this morning. That goes beyond this lifetime. And I don't know about you, but we have, we have been called and commissioned, as Jesus said, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so it's all about the kingdom of God. It's all about building the kingdom. And I want you to know that one of the ways he helps to, we help build the kingdom is when we give through the local church because then we can reach out to other missionaries and we can reach out to other mission groups and we can funnel resources and so on. And also sometimes we end up being sent. You get sent from Nova Scotia all the way to Alberta, right? That's, things like that happen. And uh, we have a college here in Edmonton that serves our, our constituency. And so when we give, we support Vanguard College to train up the next generation of those who are feeling that calling to, to serve the Lord in a full-time capacity. So I just want to put that in this morning, that before we receive our offering, how many know that if we sow generously, we reap generously? Amen. So we want to do all that we can because we know that right now the, church doesn't, or the, the government doesn't have the church's back anymore. And so, as I've heard, who, if, we, if, we don't, if we don't do God's work, who will? If we don't sow into the kingdom, who will? And so we have that calling and that mandate upon us this morning. So as we worship the Lord in this way, and it is a privilege to invest in the kingdom today, isn't it? It's a privilege to be able to do that. So as we do that, could we, could we uh, get prepared? And we're going to have our ushers to come this morning. I see a couple of young guys. 
with, with granddad coming. So we're going to put that on the screen this morning. Let's, could, we, could we stand this morning as an act of worship and, and, and just see that this is, a, this is such a great privilege to be able to do this. That as we receive today's offering, that we are believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, that you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so that I may have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Thank you as you give, as you sow into the kingdom of God this morning. Amen and amen. We're going to call the, the children up this morning. And uh, we're just going to bless them as they move into the treehouse room upstairs. Could we do that? Could the children come as we're receiving our morning tithe and offering? Amen. Not sure if anybody knows by the name of Edward Kimball. Edward Kimball is a shoemaker in Chicago. And some folks trace the Sunday school back to him. But it's interesting that through Kimball's efforts to reach children, that there was a young guy, and I believe it was in South Carolina or North Carolina. I can't quite remember just which Carolina that it is. But anyway, I just want you to know that if you, if you, you, can, actually, you can actually draw a historical line from a guy by the name of Edward Kimball to an evangelist that I think most of us might have an idea who he is, a, a guy by the name of Billy Graham. I just want you to know this morning, you just never know who among us has still got their hair and it's dark and they got lots of energy. You just never know who the Lord will raise up. We could, be, we could have the next Billy Graham right here in Vegarville. Did you know that? Isn't that possible? Amen. You just never know who the Lord will call and use to do great and mighty things. And I know that some of them are a little shy, but that's okay. So because we've had an explosion with our kids' ministry, when we started, we were all related. So we were kind of lax with our protection program, our risk program, and now we have to institute it. So if you have children eight and under, you need to sign in your child and sign them out. So we've... Oh, Chelsea's got the clipboard. So when the kids come back down, we're going to leave the clipboard on the back table. So when your child comes down, then we'll just get you to come and get them and then sign your child out. Yeah. And 
And then I got ahead of myself, and we have registration forms, and so every parent has to sign a registration form for every child that you have. So I will have those available after the service as well. Yeah, eight numbers. Very good. Thank you so much, Penny. Just to bring that information to our attention, let's, let's pray. Could we, could we just reach a hand out to the, these kids and just pray with them? Hey, amen. So, Father, we come again. And we thank you for every young life that's here today. We just ask, God, that you would open up their hearts, the, the garden of their hearts, Lord, and that, God, that, the, that as the teachers are, are imparting the word, that just like seeds going into that garden, that, Lord Jesus, that we plant it deeply. And may your spirit water uh, those seeds, and may there be an abundant harvest be produced in their lives. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would be speaking to each child. Be with them wherever they go. May they know that you're near and how much you love them. And, and may they respond to you, Lord, uh, as, as you speak to them and as you lead them and guide them. And may their hearts be open to receive Jesus. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Makes me want to go upstairs. I do have a, I don't know if anybody knows, but I do have a little bit of a, a silly side to myself, just a little bit at times. I can be serious, but I can be silly. Well, this morning, if you have your Bible, and we can just open it up to Matthew chapter 8 today. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. One of the things that um, one of the things that really marked my life growing up in church, and I was I was taken to church when I was four years old. I had a couple of older brothers, and uh, my parents, you know, they got my older brothers to to take me to church. I remember seeing a little picture of myself in a in a little um, overalls, jean overalls, denim ones, wearing a striped t-shirt and some frizzy curly hair standing in between my brothers holding my hand and I seem to be happy about that but um, when I was little my, my, my brothers took me to a little Sunday school and uh, about four years of age they take me three and a half four years of age and uh, but I but I remember as I got older in church one of the one of the things that really stuck out in my mind was um, especially the Sunday night services. We had Sunday night services uh, in those times, and um, usually at 7 o'clock was the service time when we would go in. And I, I just happened to, to remember, and there was two, two Pentecostal churches that probably you could hit one uh, from the other with a slingshot, only about two, two and a half miles away. And uh, it was in a time when both of those churches were full, full of people. And if you showed up at about five minutes to seven, you're in trouble. It would be like going to General Conference in Victoria just this past month, and my wife and I were looking at the time, and oh no, we, we really got to get in because it's after nine in the morning or nine, whenever it was starting, nine, nine thirty. And my wife was saying, you know, we should get a seat in the back. She likes to sit in the back at times, right? Because we had the little ones and you, in case they need to go to the bathroom, right? Things like that. So when we got in there, we looked around, and there's absolutely no place to sit. No place to sit. 
So you weren't sitting in the back because there was about 1,100 people crammed in there in that room. And it was the same way on a Sunday night in, in, in East Green Harbor in a lot port. You showed up at five minutes too, you in trouble because you, you're going to be standing. And I remember seeing this. They stood along the, the sides of the walls and they stood along the back. And I want you to understand that the reason why they did that is because the reason why there was so many people coming at that time is because there was an atmosphere of expectancy. You see, you really don't know who just might be coming in that night to make fun of these Pentecostals. Because they were known to, you know, roll around the floor and shake the chandeliers and all sorts of different things. And there was people who were noted to come and make fun, but they would go away and they would be transformed by the power of God. I remember at eight years of age, I was standing at the back about two-thirds of the way back on, on, the, on the other row. And I just, at the age of eight, and I don't know who put me into this thing, but I was in this little suit, brown suit, and a necktie, at eight years of age, on a Sunday night service. Like, that's just child abuse. <laughs> and here I was, but I want you to understand something, is I had an awareness of eternity. The Spirit of God was so heavy and so thick in that place that I had an awareness of eternity. I had an awareness, a supernatural insight. It was like there was an unveiling that I could recognize that there was something beyond the material realm. And you see, that's where God is. God is beyond the material realm because when it, when it comes to time, space, and matter, which He's created, He exists outside of that. And I had an awareness of eternity in my heart before I ever recognized that that was scriptural. And I want you to understand this morning that when you were in an environment like that, that there were great expectations. God could save somebody that night. God could heal somebody in that meaning. Somebody could be gloriously transformed. Somebody might get filled with the Holy Spirit. And it changed them. You didn't want to miss because it was the best place to be. It beat all the shows on a Sunday night. It beat the hockey game. This is where you want to be. You want to because this was where the action was. You just never know what God is going to do. And that was something that marked early Pentecostals. You just never know what God is going to do in your midst. See, there was a great expectation and that great expectation was built upon a great faith. And this morning I want to look at great expectation. Great expectation. On the subject, Mark Twain said that faith is believing any fool knows is not true. David Lloyd George said that faith is seeing the invisible, believing the incredible and it receives the impossible. Abe Lincoln said that faith is not believing God can, but that God will. Writer of Hebrews puts it this way. He says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. 
One of the interesting things is, is that I've, as I've been posting on Facebook, on our church web page there, our, our church Facebook social media page, I've been, I've been over and over and over saying that this is what's going on. Come expecting. Come expecting. And I don't know about you, but that's the portion that I'm coming expecting. That God is, God is going to show up. And he has been. He has been. And it's been wonderful. And I'm expecting for more. There was a word on Friday night, right? More. Who's believing for more? I'm believing for more. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Certain of what we do not see. Matthew chapter 8 this morning. I just want to highlight an account in Jesus' ministry. We're going to pick it up at verse 5. It says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. He said, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. And Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. And I say to my servant do this and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, here's what he said. Notice what he said. He said, it says when he heard this, he was astonished, Matthew reports. He was astonished. And he said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Can we pray this morning just one more time? Father, we, th- we, we pause and we, again, we thank you for what you have been doing in our midst. We thank you, Lord, that we have had tangible manifestations of your presence. There have been those who have felt the wind. There's those who have felt your power. There are those, oh God, who have felt your healing touch. And we ask, God, that you would just continue to work in our midst. But, Lord, I also pray that you would just keep our hearts burning hot with the fires of expectancy and the fires of faith. May, Lord, we be like the centurion this morning, whom Jesus, when he noted his faith, that he was astonished. Lord, may you look upon us today and be astonished by our level of expectancy here this church but Lord may we not hold it to ourselves I pray may we recognize that you have given us this not just for ourselves but Lord that we would be able to see others come into this wonderful wonderful experience of knowing you your love your mercy your grace your power at work in our lives may we understand our calling to put feet to our experience in Jesus' name we ask. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Roman centurion. He's a Gentile. Which means he, of course, he wasn't a Jew. And he's a man who had lived apart from the covenant promises of God. How many understand this morning that, that because we are children of God, because we are in relationship with him that we have the scriptures and the scriptures have promises within them. There are covenant promises as we walk with the Lord. 
But yet there's a man here in this episode, and he wasn't a part of that. He was a Gentile. And he lived apart from that, and yet Matthew says that in this encounter that he has with Jesus, that Jesus sees his faith, and, he, and, he, and Matthew reports that he is astonished because of this man's faith. It's interesting that when it comes to faith, I remember being in church and I remember hearing a lot of sermons and, and, and I can't remember all of them. I'm sure there's quite a few. But I can let you know that one of the things that helped build my faith was when I heard the testimonies of others. When I heard the stories of others. Because sometimes, I don't know if, how, if you've experienced this or not, but sometimes faith is more caught than it's taught. Caught, more caught than is taught. I don't know if I, we told you this story, the, uh, some of these stories or not, but when we were going in 2004, I believe it was in September of 2004, we were heading to Truro, Nova Scotia, and we were going with a couple uh, in the same vehicle, and they told us story after story after story after story. They told us of how the Lord had called them, spoke to both of them, and they want, were going to share what... Uh, what the Lord had spoke to them about going in, into full-time ministry. In fact, he was being offered a job he was looking for for years, a promotion. And on the day he was going to let his boss know, his boss told him that he was going to give him a promotion. <laughs> he had to make a choice. But he told his boss that after he had talked to his wife in the car, and his wife said, I have really something I need to tell you. He says to her, I have something I need to tell you. Oh, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. And, and it was a tug of war here. But what they were going to say to each other was the exact same thing. That the Lord was asking them to leave it all behind and make preparations. And so he walks into his, the office and he tells the manager that he is turning down the promotion that he had been looking for for a number of years, working hard for this. And he was turning his back toward it to go where the Lord was calling them. And people thought, well, you guys are crazy to sell your house in Moncton, New Brunswick, and pack everything up in a U-Haul, take your young boys, and head down to Tennessee. And they had, on the way there, they had no place to live. And they were believing that God would provide. How many know that sometimes God is like Spider-Man? He comes just in the nick of time. He arrives. Remember that song? He arrives just in time. Spider-Man. The Lord just arrives in time. So the Lord just arranges it. They get the, they get the, uh, they get the word just five hours away from the Tennessee border that they have a place to stay now for the next four years. Heard stories after story of, thing, of provision. Of how one time um, they needed baby food and, there was some, and they were at the point where there wasn't, wasn't any. And so she sat down in, in the apartment. She put her book down, her magazine. And she said, Lord, you haven't brought us here for our children to starve. They just had a little girl there as well. And uh, someone knocks on the door and says, I don't know if you can use this or not. And their little girl outgrows the provision. And he told us, I believe that if you were in need, that God could cause a chicken truck to have an accident right in front of your front lawn so that you could have chicken 
kind of, it didn't quite happen that way for them. They, they, were, they were blessed to have hot dogs. And she made everything you could make out of hot dogs. You probably, you know, maybe there was hot dog kebabs, I don't know. Hot dog gumbo, hot dog soup. I don't know what they made, but they kept it going anyway until finally somebody knocks on the door and says, my, my daughter really wants some, you know, we got this chicken, but my daughter really wants hot dogs. Like, could we make a trade? God bless you. <laughs> Husband comes in, man. My mind must be playing tricks on me. Because those hot dogs we've been eating now the last few weeks is starting to smell like chicken. Well, honey, guess what we've got here tonight? We heard story after story after story of their, of their, of in the moment. How God provided, how God did miracles in their lives. And I want you to know, we came away saying, Lord, we want stories. Like they've had stories because it was building up our faith. And I recognized all of a sudden when my, when my wife said that very thing, I said, do you understand what that means? It means that, it means that we got to go through stuff, right? I mean, if, if, how do you know that God is a God who provides unless you had a need? How do you know that God is a God who heals if you've never had anything that you were sick from or any illness or any, any broken bones or whatever the case might be. How do you know the God? Because folks, how many understand that it's not just, it's not enough, as wonderful as it is to hear the stories. And it can build your faith. But nothing builds your faith like having your own experience. How do you know God baptizes in the Holy Spirit? We can have a conversation about that. Sure, I can tell you about my story. We need our own stories, amen. And, and so there was a guy here, this, this Roman soldier. The centurion who had the authority to command 100, roughly 80 to 100 men. And he was coming to Jesus, this, this, this man's man, asking for help. Occupying Capernaum as a peacekeeper on behalf of the Roman Empire. And the Jews despise them. And yet he comes to Jesus for help. Luke gives us a little bit of a hint. Chapter 7, verse 3, talks about how the centurion had heard of Jesus. He heard of Jesus just like I heard the testimonies. Just like I heard the stories. And maybe as he heard about Jesus and what Jesus was able to do, maybe, just maybe, it gave him the confidence. It gave him the ability to say, guess what? I need to seek this Jesus out. I need to find this Jesus because I have a great need. He heard of Jesus. Maybe, I don't know, I'm using my imagination here. Is that okay to do that a little bit? That he heard of Jesus. Maybe he heard of Jesus' preaching. Maybe he had heard that Jesus had the power to cast out demons. Maybe he had heard that those who were suffering in pain, those who were paralyzed, those who were suffering from leprosy, maybe, maybe because if you notice it in Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 to 25, it reports, it says that news spread all over Syria. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, the, the Jerusalem, Judea, the region across the Jordan followed him. Jesus is, was becoming famous by word of mouth. And people heard of what Jesus could do. Maybe 
he caught wind of that. Maybe he heard about that. Now, if Capernaum was situated about to the northwest of the Sea of Galilee, I, I would say maybe, just maybe, somebody caught wind of that and put that in the Galilean times. Who knows, right? Maybe, if, I don't know about you today, but if it, if it were today, I, I'm, I'm kind of guessing that we would get some Facebook feeds, maybe some Instagram photographs. Amen? Word spreading around. And he probably came to this place that he just realized that I have such a great need. I need to seek this Jesus out. The second thing, not only is faith and expectancy something that we, that we might catch, but I want you to know it's only as secure as the object that you place your confidence in. It's only as secure as, as its object. So according to Luke, the centurion sent some elders of the Jews to him asking if he could come and heal the servant. You know what's interesting? What's interesting is this. Is that it was commonplace for people to go to a Jewish rabbi and ask for prayer for the sick. It was common. It's kind of like when you have a special night in the church and it's just normal that people would want to go because we just feel that there's a special anointing on the one who is there to speak you know you've had evangelists come in and they make the lines and it's not wrong by the way but but it wasn't it wasn't uncommon kind of like in our church practice so it was a normative thing but i want you to see something in this story is that this centurion wasn't just coming for the common practice of just having a rabbi pray. He was looking for some, he was looking for more than just prayer. How many know there's times when we can go and pray and, and, and we, we pray because it's the Christian thing to do? Anybody ever do that? It's the Christian thing to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to ask them to pray. Because just because it's the Christian thing to do. It's, well, we know, you know, there's times, listen, I'm going to be honest, there's times when we'll do stuff. And we don't come with any expectation. We don't come with any faith. We just kind of do it. I'm going to make a confession. And I hope you still love me. There's times... As a pastor, you go and you pray for people because it's the pastor thing to do. Greg, can I make a confession? Is it okay if I do this this morning? Greg's a guy. I'm a guy. Usually guys ain't got much expectation. I find myself too cerebral, too rational, too much thinking. And so here's Greg, and Greg responds. Is it okay to say that, Greg? You, resp you, you came up, right? Pentecost Sunday. He comes up. And I happen to notice Ryan's on one side, Greg's on the other, some ladies in the middle. And I'm asking for the ladies to come pray with the ladies. And I'll go over to Greg. So I go pray with Greg. And I'm going to just tell you my expectation. I'll come expecting on Facebook. And my expectation was actually kind of low. But praise God, God, <laughs> he operated outside of my lack of expectation. And the rest who was here knows we had a testimony at the front that day. And a testimony, if I can paraphrase, if it's okay, Greg, you can correct me later. 
if I get it wrong. But am I not right to say that you had, you had testified that you felt a powerful energy through, flow through your body that day? Expectation. It's amazing how God moved beyond my expectation. When cries of deliverance, God showing up in power, it was fantastic. And God's still been doing things here this morning. But I just want you to know that sometimes we do things because it's the practical thing. to It's, it's the normative thing to do. You just go, you do it because it's an automatic thing. It's like coming to church. Well, it's Sunday, you know. And it's almost 10 o'clock. I guess it's time to go to church because it's the thing to do. I want you to know that this wasn't a preconditioned thing that the centurion was doing when he was seeking out Jesus. He was looking for results. He was expecting that it was going to happen. It wasn't just the thing to do. It wasn't just the stuff that you, you normally do. You know, oh, Sunday. No, he was seeking out Jesus because he had something in his heart. And Jesus called it great faith. And his object was in Jesus. Or his faith was in, it was in Jesus. Now, there was a number of years ago that there was a speaker at a large convention down in the U.S. and, 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 the, and the platform for the convention was in a sandy, dried-up riverbed. And to reach it, you had to cross a branch of the river that hadn't dried up, and so there was men that were in charge of the arrangements. And they'd seen to it that every facility was provided for all who wished to attend the meetings and had a, provided a strong plank from one side of the stream to the other. And so with several of the national brethren... There was one who had arrived at the bank of the stream, which seemed to be fairly deep, and there was a plank over that he was able to cross to the other side, but he hesitated. The guy hesitated. And they said to him, he said, why do you hesitate? You simply have to walk across the plank in a few seconds, and you'll be on the other side. And this was the only stream that had to be crossed to get to the convention And so he hesitated. He said, yes, but do you think the plank is strong enough to hold me, to bear my weight? No need for any fears on that score. They said, hundreds have already crossed in safety before you came. Yes, that might be so, but I'm taller, the guy said. I'm heavier than those who went across. What is sufficient for them might not bear my weight. And to prove the strength, there was two guys, two big, well-built guys, walked across and said, look, if two of us that are heavier than you can walk across, you can do it. He said, okay. So very slowly and hesitantly, he went across. He stood on the other side. And they all were smiling at him like, see, you could do it. And he said that when he reached the other side, they said, didn't we tell you that you would get across safely? Why, did you, why didn't you take our word for it and trust in the plank? He said, yes. You see, it wasn't the strength of my faith that took me safely across. He said, because you notice my faith was weak. But he said, but it was the strength of the plank, the object which you advised me to put my trust in. Folks, I want you to know this morning that sometimes, just like with my faith being a little on the weak side, I want you to know that God still didn't disappoint. Because our Jesus is even stronger than our faith. That's not to say we shouldn't have faith. Amen? That's not to say it's, oh, it's okay, we'll just go around and, and, and have unbelief. I'm not saying that at all. But I want you to know that Jesus 
can sometimes operate outside because he's the object of our faith. I want you to know this morning is you don't put your faith in me. Too many people have put their faith in their pastor. They put too many too much of their faith in, in a TV personality. They put their faith in, in the big name, the big shot. I want you to know, we've got to keep our focus on Jesus himself. Because Jesus is the only one who has proven himself trustworthy. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll, he's the God who never fails you. Only Jesus is the one who spoke and created the world that we live in. He's the only one who has ever lived a sinless and blameless life. We will all fail. I will fail. But there is one who will not fail, and his name is Jesus. Only Jesus is the one who died for the church. Only Jesus had the power to overcome death. Only Jesus was raised from the dead. And the Bible tells us that he's the author and finisher of our faith, which means he wrote the book on it. He's the subject. And he's the object. Anything else I want you to know really is don't even put your faith in your faith. There's some people who put their faith in their faith, and they think faith is this powerful force that you just speak. It works. And somehow we can get God to do whatever we want. God is like this dancing marionette, right? And if we, just, if we just use the force of faith, we can make God dance and do whatever he wants or whatever we want him to do. That's a bad thing, too. It's not really that biblical. And it's interesting, too, the centurion, when he came and he said, he told Jesus, he said that his servant was about sick and ready to die. Jesus didn't say, hey, don't you say that. That's a negative confession. He didn't say that, no, sir. He didn't deny the facts, the reality that he was paralyzed and in great suffering. No, he was sick. He was close to death. And yet this guy, despite the problem, faith in Jesus. And I want to ask a question this morning. Do we have, do we have faith in Jesus today? Do we have faith? Because I'll tell you, there's times when I get caught with weak faith. And sometimes it's, well, I know what the Word says, I know what God says, but look at the problem. The great faith says, I don't care what it looks like, I know what God says about it. And despite the fact that this, this servant was paralyzed, this servant was sick, he was about ready to die, he was in great suffering, Jesus says these words. I will go and heal him. Hmm. Jesus' response, I will go and heal him. And it's interesting that in verse, I better put my glasses on, in verse 8, here's the reply of the centurion. Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Just say the word, and he will. Wow. Wow. 
here he was. Listen, folks. When it comes to great expectations, when it comes to great faith, you know you've got expectation, you know you've got faith when you understand the power of the authority of the Word of God. The power of the authority of the Word of God. It's interesting that he says this. He says, for I myself am a man, in verse 9, under authority. For I myself am a man under authority. Everybody say the word authority with me. Authority. Good, good. You see, the Roman centurion understood the Roman military system. And if anybody served in the military, you have a pretty good idea of what I'm talking about. Authority, exousia in the Greek, belonged. All the authority belonged to the emperor of Rome. Whatever the emperor said was the rule, right? Whatever he said goes. And so all authority was vested in the Roman emperor and his authority was then delegated. So when the centurion understood this, you see, because he understood the emperor's authority so that when the centurion gave an order, when he spoke, he spoke based on the authority through the, the emperor had given to him as a representative of the Roman Empire. So if... A foot soldier disobeyed the word of the centurion. He wasn't merely defying the centurion. He was defying Rome itself with all her imperial majesty and might. Pretty dangerous thing, wouldn't you say? To defy the Roman centurion. So when Jesus sees the centurion, or excuse me, when, when he saw Jesus, better yet, The centurion understood that because Jesus was under God's authority, he was vested with all of God's authority. And when Jesus spoke, I want you to know it wasn't Rome, but it was heaven. All the imperial majesty and might of heaven was in operation. So when he said, just speak the word and it will be so. I want you to understand this morning... God created everything. This universe, what is it? They say 15.5 billion light years, something like that across. All the stars, all the planets, all the galaxies, even the black holes, everything that's there, God spoke it into existence. When he said, let there be light, there was light. When he called forth the dry ground, what came? Dry ground. When he commanded the land to produce vegetation, did it produce rocks? No. You get some lettuce now you can have on your plate. Amen? And when he said, let us make man in our image, that same voice, I want you to know the same voice that could create the body from the dust of the earth and breathe into his nostrils the bread of life, the same voice that created it can fix it. Amen? Because that's who he is. That's his authority that he has. And so the centurion... Why did he have great faith? It's because, why did he have high expectations? It was because he understood the authority that Jesus had. His confidence was in Jesus' authority. And his servant's healing hinged on the authority. And so Jesus commended that man's faith. Verse 10, 
And it says, when Jesus heard this, he was astonished. And he said to those who were following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Authority. It's interesting that Jesus' same authority was used when he was teaching in the synagogue and the people made a comparison between Jesus and the Pharisees and the scribes and said, whoa. He didn't go to their schools. He didn't come through these rabbis' schools, did he now? And yet, there's an authority that these guys don't have. When he speaks, there is authority. There is weight to it. A weight that they don't have. But it's interesting if you read the Gospel of Luke, and I've done this and, and, and highlighted it, there will be times when you'll happen to notice that authority, by what authority and power is he doing these things? Authority and power working in tandem. Interesting. Rob Ketterling had, had, had uh, shared a story with us at General Conference. It was kind of funny, you know. He had a truck. He was trading his truck in. And uh, as he was trading his truck in, uh, of course, a good salesman, like any good salesman, you, you, they wanted to uh, let you know all the bells and whistles that come with this new truck. Because they're trying to get you to sign on the dotted line. Amen? Everybody agree with that? They, they want to show you just how great this truck is because they want to guarantee there's a sale. And so, he's going over the specifications of the truck. And, and, and telling him all the things. He, and, and then he showed him the, the key fob and on how, you know, you, there's even remote start on your, in this truck. And he's like, whoa, that's so cool. It is so cool. That, and, and so he decides, can I, can I try it out? Like, this is, this is neat. So, yeah, yeah, you can try it out. So he hits the, the remote start and boom, 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 this thing's, you know, oh, man, that is so cool. power right power he hears the power of the engine and he gets his other key fob back and he's looking he's making a comparison he says wait a minute there's the same thing on the new one as there is on the old one all this time I didn't know that I didn't have to go out in the cold Minnesota winter. I could have started my truck right from the warmth of my kitchen or my living room. He didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know. Oh, man, some people say ignorance is bliss. I want you to know sometimes ignorance can put you in a very interesting and precarious position. See, as Pentecostals, folks, we, we've understood this. We've understood this. That We've understood it in Acts 1, verse 8, that, and, and, and we've heard it many times, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses, right? But like Rob Ketterling, just didn't know he could press the buttons. He didn't know. He wasn't aware. 
they, he, sometimes we don't connect the part where it says in Matthew 28 where Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. So therefore, guess what? I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out. And listen, guys, uh, before you leave the city, stay in Jerusalem because I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you a package my father, my father promised. And it's going to be better than a remote starter for your truck. It's going to be power. The power of the Holy Spirit. But he, remember, the power, it's interesting that Jesus had power and authority working in tandem. Some of us have recognized that there's power. We don't know what to do with it. But I want you to know that Jesus has also given us authority now think about this for a minute. The centurion is like, really? He's got great faith. Why? Because he knows that Jesus has authority. Peter said this. He said of how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good to all those who were oppressed of the devil because the Lord was with him. But the reason he was also did that, not only was it the power of the Spirit, it was also the authority that he was given. Because there was a moment in, in Luke and in Matthew where Jesus gives them authority to go. But in his absence, I want you to know, not only has he given us authority, which is the part of the key fob we sometimes miss. But he's also given us that power. He's given us power and authority, authority and power. And that's why. That's why we need to put the two together. That's why we need to understand that this isn't just about coming to church on Sunday, as wonderful as that is. How many agree that it's wonderful to gather together? That's a biblical thing to do. It's a wonderful thing to do to come together. But I don't know about you, but I want more than just expectancy Well, what happens when we come together. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm hoping and I'm believing for something that just happens beyond the four walls of this church. I'm, I'm hoping that we understand that God wants to, to equip us and empower us with both power and authority so that we can go forth, represent the kingdom of God, so that we can proclaim the good news of the kingdom. We can embody the good news of the kingdom, but we can also demonstrate the good news in the kingdom that brings salvation and healing and deliverance, sets people free. That's the calling that the church has upon it. And we need to walk in the power and the authority that Jesus has granted us. How many of you agree with that this morning? Oh, I remember Ari McAllister. And I'm going to call the worship team. To call the worship team back right now. Ari McAllister said this. He said that we have people right now, and they're living far below their privilege. Because Jesus said that greater works than we would do than these in his name. We would do greater works. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad we're seeing great things happen when we meet. And we have. We've been seeing the manifestation of the Spirit. We've been seeing Christians being ministered to. We've been seeing Christians being healed of their back problems and of their wrist problems and all sorts of other problems. God still does those things today. But I want you to know it was really cool Friday night to see that there was Christians. And it wasn't just a special speaker, amen. It was believers that were then beginning to realize that because I'm a child of God, because the Spirit of God has given me power, because He's given me authority in His name, I can represent Him in the kingdom and I can believe and pray for miraculous things. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. 
I'm, I'm getting tired of the, of the point where the church is powerless. How about you this morning? Are you tired of a powerless church? How, how many believe this morning that like the centurion who had great expectations, great faith, that we need a higher expectation today? We need a greater expectation. Come on now, we need a higher bar set. Let's stand up this morning. We need a higher bar set. And I'm going to challenge us this morning. I'm going to challenge all of us today. That folks, God has not called and, and, or you and saved you so you can be a pew potato. You're not a pew potato. Amen? You're not here on a Sunday morning just so you can hear a good, feel-good sermon and go home and say, rah, 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 can't wait the next Sunday because it's really tough through the middle of the week. No, this place this morning is the locker room. Amen? This is the locker room. And uh, the coach is here this morning. And we've got an even better coach. See, I'm just the assistant coach, right? I'm just one of the staff coaches. But the real coach is the Holy Spirit. He's the real coach. He's the coach that's in your corner. Amen? And he's the one who comes along and he puts the towel over you and wipes the sweat off your brow and, and, and patches up some of those battle scars when you're in the game. And he says, guess what? It's round two. It's round three. Let's go for it. I've given you power and authority. And you can win. Amen? That's what he's calling the church to step up to. It's happening around the world. It's happening around the world. The, the church is moving in power. But folks, it needs to move in power in Canada like that centurion we need to have great faith we need to have higher expectations folks it's not about coming to church and oh you know hopefully oh woe is me hopefully the pastor can give me some little morsel of bread that I can just get by I can just survive till the next week no 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 folks this is the locker room where we get the pep talk and to say guess what Guess what? God has given you equipment. And uh, your skates are now sharpened up. you got a brand new composite stick. And you got it all taped up. And guess what? you got your, your armor on. And it's time that you get out of the stands. It's time you not be a spectator any longer. It's time you get into the game. It's time you get into the game. And guess what? There will be, yeah, it might be a little tough at times. Yes, we have an enemy that doesn't want us to hoist the cup. Oh, we're, see, we're in playoff time, so we can have those analogies, right? But it's time that the church recognizes who she is. Anybody agree with that this morning? If you agree with that, can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Where do we go from here, brother? He is faithful. Let her rip. Let her rip. I have heard a sound coming on the wind, changing hearts and minds, healing brokenness. I feel a generation breaking through despair. I hear a generation full of faith declare. And our song it will be Out of the darkness we will rise and sing He 
and he is Jesus and all my hope is in him he is freedom and he is healing right now and he is hope and joy and love and peace and life I have seen a light like the break of dawn giving blind men sight letting lame men walk I see a generation with resurrection life I am a generation filled with the power of Christ and our song it will be out of the darkness we will rise and sing he is faithful and he is glorious and he is jesus and all my hope is in him he is freedom and he is healing right now he is hope and joy and love and peace and life he has paid the highest price and he has proven his great love for us oh we will praise him with our lives and proclaim our love for him. He has paid the highest price. He has proven his great love for us. We will praise with our lives and proclaim our love for him and proclaim our love for him he is faithful and he is glorious and he is Jesus and all my hope is in him he is freedom and he is healing right now and he is hope and joy and love and peace and life he is faithful and he is furious and he is Jesus and all my hope is in him he is freedom and he is healing right now he is hope and joy and love and peace and love 
Amen. 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 He is faithful. He is faithful. Praise the Lord this morning. We're going to move into our communion time this morning. And if you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, uh, you are welcome to participate at this table this morning. And uh, as the worship team uh, leads us in a song this morning of worship and adoration uh, for what he's done for us this morning, we're going to ask our, uh, I believe, let's see, if I could get Ed and uh, is Lincoln back there as well? And uh, let's see if we need a couple of more. Would would, would uh, brother Al? Would you would you want to assist us as, as well? And uh, let's see. Let's see. Who, who else could we? Would Angela like to come? Angela, come. As we uh, thank you so much for. And we'll um, we'll distribute these elements this morning as we celebrate around the Lord's table this morning. Amen. Amen. So we're just going to send you off and we'll just serve those that are in their, in their seats. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Praise His name.
writing to the uh, Corinth he says for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me And so Lord we pause now this moment to thank you to thank you Lord for the blood of Jesus which was shed for us atone for our sins to cleanse us from all unrighteousness brings us into right relationship with God through Jesus Christ and we're thankful this morning as well God that it is because of this act that you've also been able to make us holy and righteous in your sight thank you Lord that you didn't just stay on the cross you went into the tomb but then you rose again and before your ascension you promised us another comforter you promised us the power of the spirit and we thank you for that as well today God and so Lord we we pause and we give you thanks and we ask you to bless this portion this portion of communion Thank you for bringing us into your family. Thank you for what you have done to pull us together as the family of God, a household of faith. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we ask your blessing. Amen. Let's eat together.
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup, is the new covenant, my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And if I could put Brother Jim on the spot, would that go, okay, Brother Jim? If, if, would you mind praying over this portion this morning? Jesus, we just thank you for your blood. Uh, your word says your blood covers a multitude of sins. Uh, just to receive that, receive just the cleansing power of your blood. We just, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're so thankful. We're so thankful for the sacrifice you made. And we thank you that that sacrifice is enough. The price you paid is enough. It's enough. Yes. I thank you that everyone here, and we preach this Friday night, just that, that, that we are not an exception to the blood that you shed. But we thank you for it. We just, we just receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul writes, he says, For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so as a community of faith this morning, we are making a proclamation, amen? Amen. amen? We are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. And so, Lord, we proclaim that today as a community. Together, we are making that statement that you're, you're, you have died, your blood has been shed, your body bruised and broken for us. But not only that, but Lord, you are also coming again until the Lord comes. You're coming again. And you're coming in power and you're coming with glory. And we're going to share in that power and glory forever and ever. Amen. But until that time, until that time, Lord, may we understand the power and the authority in which you have vested your church. May we walk in it. May we walk in it daily. May we raise our faith and our expectation to believe that God, that through what you have given us, that we can see wonderful things happen in your name. We can re- represent you. And I'm praying this morning that God, that we'll recognize that you called all of us to minister as Jesus has. And that God, that we will see increase We'll see lives transformed. We'll see people saved, healed, set free, delivered. And this place will be a place of salvation, deliverance. Because of what you have done for us, Lord. Could we sing that refrain just one more time? Oh, the wonderful cross. Oh, the wonderful cross. The wonderful cross.
I'm going to ask Sister Carol Baldwin if you wouldn't mind just dismissing our time this morning in prayer. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence here. Thank you for truth. And I just, um, I just release the empowerment of that truth in each of our hearts and lives as we go out of here. In our daily lives, may we walk in that truth. May we walk in the power and the authority that you've given us. May we be aware of the power of your presence that is always with us and what you've given us through the sacrifice of your son. I just release that over everyone here this morning. And evidence, tangible evidence of that in our lives. And the boldness to take a risk.